Welcome to the Grueling Truths NFL Legends Show, brought to you by Gridiron Mo, new interactive football app. Make sure you check it out at www.gridironmo.com, also by steelbergbox.com and realbanglefans.com. As always, for the Grueling Truth Legends Show, I'm your host, Mike Goodpaster. we got a special guest tonight, actually played at one of the most prestigious high school football programs ever, Moeller High School. Also played at Notre Dame, maybe the most prestigious college football program ever. Then played in the NFL for three or four years, was the number one draft pick. Help me welcome to the show, Tony Hunter. All right. Thanks, thanks for having me, Mike. Hey, no problem. Um, you, as we talked, you played high school football at Moeller, maybe the greatest football program in the history of high school football. What attracted you to going to Moeller, playing football at Moeller? Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. I had a um, – when I was in junior high school, my best friend was a year ahead of me. And um, he decided he was going to Moeller. And he went to Moeller, and he used to always talk to me about coming to watch him play. And so I finally went up to watch him play and uh, just fell in love with Moeller, fell in love with just the atmosphere, and, and, and uh, that's when I decided to go. All right. Um, your coach at Moeller was Jerry Faust. What was it like playing for him at Moeller? Jerry Faust, well, you know, Coach Faust, even to this day, is like a father to me. Uh, he's uh, just a heck of a man. Um, I mean, you give your right arm uh, when, you're playing, when you're playing for him. And, uh, I mean, you run through a brick ball and play for him. Uh, he's just that kind of coach. Very enthusiastic. Uh, he's a man of his word, and uh, I just loved every minute of it. Loved every minute playing for him. All right. What are some of your – what memory stands out from being a bowler in your playing career? Uh, well, you know, I, I ended up playing – I played football, basketball, and I ran track at Moeller, so I was pretty busy. But the thing that stands out, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess you, you had to discipline yourself. I had to discipline myself. And uh, just work hard. I had to work hard. I had to make sure I was disciplined. And uh, and that's basically it. Uh, we played some big games. We played in uh, some big high school games. We played played against high school teams from pretty much all around the country. We played a team from New York. Uh, We played Dallas Jesuit. Um, uh, I mean, it was was, – you were at the top of the line if you played for Moeller back in those days and you played high school football because you played against the best in the country. Now, when you got done with Moeller, you decided to attend Notre Dame. What was the big thing to get you to go there? Well, you know, at Moeller, when you're at Moeller, Notre Dame is just like, it's it's the dream place to go. Uh, and while I was at Moeller, I'd always, you know, we always followed the Notre Dame guys, and the, uh, we always sent guys to Notre Dame to play, and, uh, so I'd hear stories about what it was like to play for Notre Dame. And so when my time came and I made a visit to Notre Dame, it was just it's just 
what I had always wanted to do. I decided um, to go to Notre Dame, and I had a chance to go pretty much anywhere I wanted to go at that time. Uh, Ohio State, uh, USC, Penn State. I was being recruited by pretty much everybody, but uh, I had always wanted to go to Notre Dame, and I decided to go ahead and uh, sign on the dotted line. All right. Now, you played for a great coach when you first got there, Dan Devine. Your first two seasons, I believe, you played with there. You played with Dan Devine as your head coach. Can you tell tell us a little bit about what his coaching style, how it maybe differed from Coach Faust, and just any stories you have about the coach? Yeah, I like Coach Devine. Coach Devine was pretty much uh, – he was kind of – he was pretty much a CEO type. He pretty much let his uh, position coaches – uh, handle the game plan, handle as far as installing the game plan to the players and that. Um, but he was uh, he was a good man. And uh, I tell you what, we we had some good teams under Coach Devine. We had some good teams, and uh, we won some big games. Yeah, That's I think in 19, the 1980 season, you ended up playing in the 81 Sugar Bowl against Georgia and Herschel Walker. Exactly, exactly. I'll never forget that. Herschel Walker, wow, he was unbelievable, man. He was unbelievable. I remember he uh, he dove over. Uh, we, had, we had a very good defense that year. And um, they had a goal line stance against Herschel. And, man, he dove over the pile one time at the goal line. I'll never forget how high he jumped. So he was uh, it really impressed me. He was an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, I think it was his freshman year, too. And he was only a freshman. Yeah. And I think they won the national championship when they won that game also. They won the national championship. But uh, I was really impressed with the kind of athlete that Herschel Walker was. It was was unreal. Now, in 1981, you talked about all all, all the players want to go to Notre Dame. Seems that the coach did, too. Uh, your old high school coach, Jerry Faust, became the Notre Dame head football coach. Were you excited? Did you think he could do the same thing at Notre Dame that he did at Moeller? i tell you what, it caught me off guard because, you know, I knew he could coach at Notre Dame. Uh, but I just happened to be walking on campus one day, and one of my fellow students uh, said, did you hear the news? And I went, what news? Jerry Faust just got hired as head coach here at Notre Dame. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, no, they just announced it. He's coming here, he's coming here. I think that was one of the happiest days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, he didn't have a lot of success at Notre Dame. Um, what do you think led to Jerry Faust's downfall at Notre Dame? Well, you know, um, to be honest with you, I played two years under Coach Devine. I played two years under Coach Faust. Our schedule under Coach Faust was incredible. I mean, our schedule was playing top 10, top 15 teams every week. Yeah. And uh, I I just don't know if we, if our schedules were quite that tough under Coach Devine. And uh, I, I just think that, that that had a lot to do with it. The schedule 
we had some tough schedules on the Coach Val. And uh, I always say they were NFL-type schedules that we played on the Coach Val. Yeah. Week in, week out, we played top 10, top 15 schools. And that's, that's unusual. That's unusual. Yeah, you were looking at playing Alabama, LSU. I mean, you played everybody back then. Miami of Florida, right, when they were starting to turn into the Goliath program they turned into. Exactly. I mean, that, yeah, they they were probably outside of maybe playing one of the Air Force academies or one of the Naval Air Force, Army, or Navy. Heck, Miami of Florida was probably considered one of your weaker opponents about 1980 or so. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's um, what I'm saying. So, so let's transition a little bit to your NFL career. You want to tell us a little bit about your draft day experience in 1983 and what was your first thought being drafted by the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, uh, I was being told before the draft that I would probably get drafted in the first round, and uh, I flew to New York. They flew me to New York to be with my agent at the um, at ESPN. I think that was the first year that they actually held the draft for ESPN. And it was in New York. And I think that was the first year that they actually had players there in New York for the draft. But anyway, it was a great time. Um, When I finally did get picked to Buffalo, I was the 12th pick in the first round. Yeah, you were uh, two picks before Jim Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was – I was excited. I was I was excited to go to Buffalo. I was excited to be going into the NFL, and uh, it, I was just looking forward to everything. Really looking forward to everything. Yeah. Now the Bills had just hired a new coach, their Case Stevenson. When you arrived, what were some of your best memories of that first season in Buffalo? I think you guys started off like six and two, but finished eight and eight. Oh, did we? Did we start off six and two? Wow. I tell you what I like, Kay. He, uh, I talked to him before the draft, and he was telling me that uh, that they were seriously thinking about taking me with the first pick, and he wanted to know how I felt about it. I felt great about it. Um, at that time, that was the time during uh, Kellen Winslow was basically the. I mean, he was the big tight end. He was catching a hundred balls a year. It seemed like. Uh, and basically, that's what they were trying to do in Buffalo was install the tight end into the passing attack. And uh, I really look forward to that. Uh, my first year, it was okay. I made the all-rookie team my first year and uh, really had a lot of fun playing, really had a lot of fun that first year. Now, then the second year came – wasn't as successful. The team was two and fourteen. Um, Bill's owner at the time was Ralph Wilson, who I think a lot of our listeners probably know who that is. Can you talk a little bit about him and the Bills organization while you were there? Yeah, uh, Ralph Wilson was was a nice guy. Um, I didn't, as a young player at that time, I really didn't get no, get to know Mr. Wilson that well. A lot of our veteran players that had been around for a while. They knew him better. But uh, I was pretty much just a first-year guy, rookie, and 
uh, going into my second year. So I really didn't get to know Mr. Wilson that well. But uh, I've heard some very nice things about him. Now, you left the Bills after just your second season. You got signed by the Los Angeles Rams in 1984, played on a very good Rams team. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what Coach John Robinson, how it was to play for him as compared to other guys you'd played for? Yeah, well, well um, basically when I went out to the Rams, it was kind of strange because I got a call from, I guess I was supposed to show up to camp for Buffalo like maybe two weeks. In two weeks. And then I get this call from uh, Coach Kay Stevenson, and he tells me that uh, you're going to be going to the Rams. And then I talk to John Robinson, and he says, okay, today is Friday. No, today, what was it? I think it may have been a Thursday. And he was saying, I want you to come out. You're coming out on Monday. And uh, we'll start our practices. So I was out in L.A. I left Cincinnati. I was out in L.A. on Monday. And uh, I ended up practicing in full pads that Monday. And uh, I can remember being surprised that uh, I was in full pads then. But I ended up, I hurt my knee that first day. And uh, that kind of set the tone for my time with the Rams because that knee was hurt the entire time I was with the Rams. Yeah. Um, that 85 Rams team you play on, very good team. Your first playoff game had to be a memorable one, a 28 to nothing thrashing over the Dallas Cowboys. Dickerson ran for like 248 yards. And if I remember oh. right, you had a big fumble recovery that led to a 40-yard touchdown run by Dickerson. What do you remember about that game? Uh I can just remember Dickerson just running wild against the Cowboys. You know, he's a Texas native. He's a Texas native, so he really was looking forward to that game. I can remember the week beforehand. He just That's all he talked about. And uh, he was really looking forward to playing against the Cowboys. We were really looking forward to playing against the Cowboys. And uh, we had a great game. Eric had a great game, and uh, we ended up beating the Cowboys, and it kind of set the stage for – the 85 Bears, we played against the 85 Bears that following week in the uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah, you know what my next question is? I actually, I interviewed probably about seven or eight months ago Gary Jeter, great defensive oh, lineman. Really? For your Rams. Yeah, great guy, too. I still talk to him uh-huh. every once in a while. But, I mean, yeah. that's, that game still bothers him. And letting the clock run out at the end of the first half, 10 nothing game when you guys were going in to score, he still doesn't know what happened there. He's still mad about that. Um, they were one of the greatest defenses in NFL history, if not the greatest. What was it like yeah. to play against that defense, and what do you remember about that particular day? You know, what I remember about that defense was that they were they were never – there was never anybody really – out of place, out of position defensively. There was always they, – they, they, it was like they played on a, on a string. They were always in place. And uh, I tell you what, what made the difference, I feel like, for them was the defensive line. I don't think the defensive line really gets the credit that it deserves, but we had a really good offensive line that year. 
Uh, Eric going for over 2,000 yards. Uh, it's yeah, you had Jackie Slater, Dennis Hare on that offensive line, didn't you? Yeah, we had a really good offensive line. And, uh, I mean, they dominated. Just about anybody we played against, they dominated. But against the Bears, we had trouble that day on the offensive line. And uh, I think um, that was uh, – I don't think people talk enough about what that, how good that defensive line was. Yeah, they tend to just look at the linebackers, Wilbur Marshall, Otis Wilson, Mike Singletary, and forget right. about guys like Richard Dent, Steve McMichael. I mean, you look at the Super Bowl, right. Dent was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Right, right. That was the strength of that defense, that defensive line. Yes, it was. Yeah, almost any great defense, that's the strength of it, too. If you can get pressure – just like you're not going to find too many great offenses that don't have a great offensive line. Right. Exactly. Now, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying that's that's where it all starts, uh, on that line, in the trenches. So. Now, at, at Notre Dame, if I remember correctly, you played wide receiver. What was the transition when they asked you to play tight end in the NFL? Well, when I left Moore, I was actually like about 210, 212. By the time I got to Notre Dame, I was playing at about 220. So I was naturally getting bigger, and I played tight end at Moore. I played both wide receiver and tight end. So it was a natural transition for me to – to go into tight end because I like to block. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I like to block. So, once I, I – I, um, the transition was really easy for me, but I went from wide receiver to wing back to tight end while I was at Notre Dame. And, basically, it was an easy transition because at Moore, I was a wide receiver that moved in tight, played tight end, I blocked. So, that's what I like to do, and so the transition was pretty easy for me. But uh, physically, I just naturally was getting bigger at Notre Dame, um, and uh, so I transitioned to tight end. All right. Now, you had an excellent first year, first three years of your career. Basically, you only got to play three full years. You caught, I think, 120 passes in those years, so you're averaging 40, 50 catches a year. Uh, but you talked about the knee injury. 1986, got a little bit worse, and then basically it ended your career. Do you mind talking about that time in your life and how hard it was to transition away from football? Yeah, well, yeah, that was a tough time. That was a tough time in my life. Like I said, my first day with the Rams, I remember twisting my knee, and I kind of reported it to the trainers, and basically, you know, they – they said that it was, um, you know, that, that it was okay and that there might be a, l- a little something going on in there. But the thing uh, was they wanted me to continue to lift weights and keep the muscles around the kneecap strong. And, but basically, to make a long story short, uh, it, was, it was misdiagnosed, and I ended up playing two years with a torn meniscus in my knee. And it just got progressively worse, and my produ- production became progressively worse as well. And uh, but basically, that 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 pretty much ended my 
career once I finally had to have surgery on that knee. They went in, and uh, I, I never played another down once I had uh, surgery on that knee because so much damage had been done to the knee by playing on it uh, with that torn meniscus in there for so long. Well, see, you bring that up. Uh, we've had a lot of guests on former NFL players, and I mean, one of my problems with the NFL is just the way they treat the retired players. Uh, what is your opinion on how the NFL takes care of their retired players? I'll say this. I think it's gotten better. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, think it's gotten better. I think it's gotten better than it used to be. And I hope it continues to get better. Yeah. So what are you doing these days? Well, I'm, uh, I'm actually doing some work at my old Moore High School. And uh, we're doing some fundraising and uh, – we are trying to raise scholarship money, um, raising money for scholarships for kids that pretty much like myself that, that wouldn't normally be able to afford to go to more, but we're trying to make for um, scholarships that will be available for those type of kids. And uh, I think it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. Well, you got a website or anything you can plug? People can go check it out, maybe make a donation? Uh, well, the Moeller website, org, and um, they can make a pledge there, Moeller.org, www.moeller.org, and uh, they can go to the annual fund section and uh, make a pledge there, and... Uh, but we are, like I said, we are we are in the process of setting up scholarships, uh, and uh, so that's coming. That's soon to come. Yeah. So, do you watch today's football? You still watch oh, it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I watch it all. So, the time. so what are some of the guys here? So, who are some of your favorite players to watch nowadays? Some of my favorite guys. Um, I tell you, I, I, I'm still the same. I like the teams that that throw the football. Uh, I like to watch Carson Palmer throw up from Arizona, and I loved his receivers. And uh, pretty much anybody that, that throws the football, those are the guys that I like to watch. <laughs> That's pretty much everybody anymore. I guess the Super Bowl was a little rough to watch for you then, huh? Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But uh, you know, back when I back when I was playing, it was always uh, man. The, the more you threw it, the, the more interested I was in. I, I was the more interested I was in, in uh, watching it. So, oh, uh, I don't think there's any much. doubt today. You'd have been one of those guys catching eighty or ninety balls as a tight end. Yo, I, I tell you, the guy from uh, Carolina. Greg Olson? Love, what's that? Greg Olson. Greg Olson. Yeah, I love watching him play. I love he's a skilled tight end. And uh, Tyler Eifert uh, went to Notre Dame. I love watching him play tight end for the Bengals. Yeah, he needs to quit uh, getting banged up so much. <laughs> that's, it's, it's tough. I do tell you, he's catching a lot of balls, so that means – He's taking a lot of hits. Yeah. But, all right, Tony, 
anytime you want to come back, it was a pleasure having you. Have you on anytime. All right, but I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. All right, you got any final words or any, anything else you want to tell the people that are listening in? Well, I'll tell you, I enjoyed it. And uh, anytime you guys like for me to come back, I would most definitely love to come back and, and speak. So, look forward All to right. it. All right. We'll definitely have to do that then. Maybe we get Gary Jeter on with you. Talk about that 85 NFC Championship game a little bit more. That would be great. That would be great. But, all good. right. Well, thanks a lot. Um, I want to remind everybody, tomorrow we will have an interview with former NFL legend Eddie Meter, played with the Rams from 59 to 70, still holds six of the records, 46 interceptions in his career. Um, we will have Kerry Glenn from the Miami Dolphins on what? Wednesday. So make sure you check out the Grueling Truth Facebook page. Um, next week, we'll have J.J. Burden, old Kansas City Chief wide receiver. We'll have Bruce Reimers, former Cincinnati Bengal. And we will have who was arguably the best offensive line coach in NFL history, Jim McNally from the Bengals and then the Giants on also next week. So wow. make sure you follow us at the Grueling <laughs> Truth Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter, at Grueling Truth. Uh, make sure you check out SteelbergBox.com, RealBengalFans.com, and Gridiron Mo. That's www.gridironmo. So, for Tony Hunter, I'm Mike Goodpaster. You've been listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak.